you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Unlock the doors to entrepreneurial success with Insiders, Creighton Cultivate's new membership platform designed for go-getters and game changers. Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur, running a full-fledged business, or looking to level up your career, we have the resources and support to guide you along the way. Gain access to expert tips, insights on the latest trends, and a thriving community of like-minded women. Here's a peek of what's in store. As an insider, you'll get access to detailed how-to guides, essential templates, worksheets, and on-demand videos from industry experts with weekly content drops on all things marketing, tech, business operations, finance, and more. Opt in for inclusion and access to a member directory of your fellow insiders and connect with our community through a private Slack workspace with channels full of like-minded leaders. You'll also get one complimentary ticket to any Create and Cultivate event each year, 20% off remaining events, plus fast-tracked entry and front-row seating at panels, workshops, and mentor sessions. To learn more and become an insider today, visit createcultivate.com insiders. That's createcultivate.com insiders. You've got big ideas and we've got the tools to bring them to life. Welcome to Work Party, the podcast where we are throwing out the rule book and bringing you real talk and hot takes on what is happening in the working world right now, because life moves fast. If we've learned anything from the past few years, it's that the only constant is change, and we can't pretend everything is status quo. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Founder Files, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs about their journey to building their business. We've all heard the shiny founder stories. This is not that. We talk high highs, brutal lows, and the secrets to success that got them to where they are today. Tactical, tangible, and chock full of takeaways. Let's dive in. Joining me today are Marie and Alice, the co-founders of Edom, a clean beauty brand designed with the unique needs of melanin-enriched skin in mind. This barrier-breaking duo met while working at Google, branding and launching some of the world's most successful and largest apps. After realizing they had a mutual passion for skincare that involved frequently swapping product knowledge, the two came to realize how much adjusting they had to do to their routines to make them effective for their specific skincare needs and concerns as women of color. On a mission to create a movement around smart melanin beauty, they created Edom in the middle of a pandemic as new moms and after setting out to be fully self-funded. Wow. It's been a journey and it's landed their brand in Sephora stores all across the country. No big deal. And I'm so thrilled to have both of them on the show today to dive into the gritty lessons and solid learnings of the past few years. Welcome Marie and Alice. So let's start at the very beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about launching your brand, how you guys came up with the concept and where you're at today. 
So, um, <laughs> Alice and I, Sorry. what is what it? What's going on? <laughs> it is my dog who's just putting her face <laughs> on my camera. I love it. Listen, we'll leave that in. We'll leave that in. I love it. Yeah. Tell me about how Edom got started. So Alice and I, we met nine years ago. We were working in tech at Google at the time, uh, doing brand marketing and and fun things like that. And pretty early on, we bonded over the fact that we were children of immigrants. This family is from Taiwan. My family is from Cote d'Ivoire in West Africa. And we had so much in common, although we didn't look the same. And then, you know, going about work and the fact that we're Often the two women, if not non-white women in the in the room, was something that really united us. We had a passion for skincare. I took Alice to France, where I'm from, uh, to go and raid French pharmacies. We went together to South Korea, um, came back with, I think, 200 sheet masks at the time. So it's it's been going on, for, going on for a few years. And so when it was time to start a business, it kind of made sense and was very obvious, all the things. One, it had to be about skincare, and two, it had to talk about our experiences in our lives and, and growing up as a child of immigrant. I love that so much. And for those who are, you know, who are listening, who may, may not be familiar with like the French pharmacy world, you know, South Korean skincare, because those are very kind of hidden gems of the beauty industry. Can you tell us a little bit about both those kind of cultures and why they're so like coveted when it comes to beauty. So French pharmacy and, and growing up doing skincare is very minimal and very focused on store ingredients that work. I would say people back then were not afraid of like mineral oil and Vaseline and things like that, which are staples. And glycerin, for example, was something that was advertised on TV, even like really good staples that give you good skin and you don't have to do too much. People rarely do retinol. I had never heard of acids growing up. So it's it's very simple and very streamlined. Yeah. And then for South Korean beauty, I'm actually Taiwanese. So I'd say like Asian beauty, but especially K-beauty, as we call it, focuses on skincare first and foremost and like a holistic view of health. And I'd say growing up um, with my Taiwanese mom is very similar kind of mindset of, you know, beauty starts from within. And it's all about taking good care of your skin before you add anything else on top. I love that. I love that you guys took, you know, both these different cultures, obviously your personal backgrounds, your personal experiences, and kind of brought it to this brand. So you have this idea for, you know, for starting a brand. Do you self-fund it? Do you go for venture funding? Like, how do you get this idea off the ground? So we went the very untraditional route of going self-funded, which was... I don't know, it's for everyone because, you know, we didn't pay ourselves for for years and it was like we were building it, taking off and it was like, you know, you really have to take that blind leap of faith. We definitely had the venture conversations, but I think we realized pretty early on we knew what we wanted to do and I'm not sure the venture community was ready for for us and, and, and understood our vision and that was so important to us was to not compromise exactly what we were trying to build. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's an important lesson is like, not all money is good money, right? You you know, you probably could have got a check. But if it's if it's really about the brand you want to build and people not understanding, totally. your vision, not worth it. So that's I totally thing. understand that. So being self funded, what has been some of the biggest challenges in, you know, getting the brand off the ground, you know, and getting things going? I think it's both um, a curse and a, a blessing. Uh, a curse because you see all the other brands that launch at the same day, if not the same week as you, and they have two to three million and they can do all these things and they have employees and they can do ads and everything looks so beautiful. 
And then on our end, it's just the two of us doing everything. And it's launch day and you're on Shopify, but you also need to post on IG and manage the inventory and all these things. So it can be stressful. But at the same time, it forces you to be extremely creative and, and in ways that even surprises me till this day. You have to be creative with your money. You have creative, to be creative with who you're going to work with, uh, convincing people that they should take a chance of, on you. And I think that that's one of the best ways of learning. Even after having worked in tech, we had learned so much over the, the first two years by being uh, self-funded. Yeah, absolutely. You really are able to obviously control everything, move quickly, like all those different things. So again, blessing and curse, totally understand both sides. So at what point did you both decide to leave your full-time job? And what was that experience like? And, and how did you sort of manage that transition? We both have a different path there, but we started working on this, I want to say 2018, 2019, the idea had always been there with doing a lot of research, talking to a lot of people about what was important to them, their skincare needs, etc. But we took the full time leap in 2020, just after COVID started. <laughs> Good Perfect times. timing. We both just had babies also. So it was like, oh, wow, just throw everything <laughs> at the wall. But I also feel like that's how committed we were to what we were doing. And it's like we weren't sleeping anyway. So we really just put all our energy into this. And I was freelancing with a bunch of brands already. So for me, it was like a slow wrap up into full time. Um, but Marie definitely took, I'll let her tell her. her story. Yeah, and, and for me, uh, same, same timing, more or less. But I was like, okay, I'm at this company, I had left Google at the time, I'm at this company, I see how things are done. It's a much smaller startup. I think I'm ready to do this. Let's, you know, hire the chemist and see where that leads us. And I just like jumped into it. Because I felt like if I didn't give it my whole, it would never happen. Things could stay in a deck for years and years, and you can refine the deck and contemplate the deck and like talk to people. But until you put your money where your mouth is, it's not real. And so I was like, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, COVID, babies, that's a lot. So obviously, you guys put so much love into building this brand in such a what sounds like intense time in your life. Talk to me a little bit. You mentioned getting a chemist and starting to work on different formulas. What's been the approach to creating, you know, both clean and effective beauty products, but also specifically designed to support melanin rich skin? Yes. So we love to learn. We're, I think, fast learners and love to read about any and everything. And so in the first couple of months after having the ideas, we read a lot of Google Scholar paper about dermatology and skin and skincare, even clinical testing in the pharmaceutical uh, field. And what was very obvious is that products were not made or tested on people with darker skin tone. And that was a huge haha moment. And we're like, wait, there's something here. Like, let's dig and see how it's done and how other people are doing it. And we found out that no one else was doing it. And so we kind of rolled up our sleeves and started working on it. A lot of it at first was on paper. Okay, this is what the formulation should be doing. Um, this is how they should work. How do you take into account the fact that people have darker skin tones and so that it can burn or irritate if you go too high with acids or ingredients? How do you find the right balance between all these things that can help fade your dark spot and give you a healthier skin? while not uh, compromising the health of the skin. So it was a, a learning curve, and I'm so happy that we found that one chemist that was an amazing advisor and a, and a partner. And she taught us a lot, and we were, 
I think with that attitude coming from tech where we question everything, which can be annoying for her at times, but really questioning everything, reading all the ingredient uh, sheets, where they come from, who they've been tested on, asking the same thing to the manufacturer and, and yeah, just questioning and questioning until you get the right answers or create the right answers. Absolutely. And obviously you two together had worked together previously at different companies, but like large corporations, how did you approach your partnership going into this? Because obviously it's a marriage, right? Like you're getting into a literal marriage where you have to work together, have to like compromise on things, have to have fights, all those things. So tell us a little bit about that approach as you guys became business partners. I'll tell a joke first because just before hopping on, uh, I was texting my husband, like, if you come back to the office, uh, don't make any noise. I'm I'm recording this thing. And I, I texted Alice actually. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. wrong, wrong husband. And if you ask my husband, he's like, who talks to me more in, in this entire world? It's, it's Maria's number one. So oh my God, wrong husband is the best. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Put it on a sweatshirt. That's amazing. Hey friend, I'm Nicole Walters, mom of three, your internet bestie and founder of Inherit Learning Company. If you're looking for the motivation you need to pursue a life of purpose, then join me each week on the Nicole Walters podcast as I share my hard-learned lessons and answer your DMs about life, business, and everything in between. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Check out the Nicole Walters podcast every Tuesday here on Dear Media. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. So obviously you guys have come together and created this amazing partnership. What have been some of your roles and responsibilities? Like, do you guys break that up? Do you guys do similar things? Like, how do you guys approach the business day to day? So we, we both have background in brand marketing and that's where we met, but we had at least a very good experience where we met as coworkers first. So we already knew how to work with each other because this is a question we get a lot. And I'm like, just because you're friends with someone does not mean you're ready to start a company with them. Like, I think if I could start, if I started a company with my friends or even my husband, I'd kill, I'd kill them. So it's an important question. So we actually divided and conquer and came together when we need to make kind of bigger decisions. So Marie is our like product innovation, just like reads all the things knows. I say she has read the internet every morning, just like knows everything about everything, asks a million questions and really drives like the innovation of where is things going from like product development, conception, even art direction and creative direction and branding and marketing all the way through to kind of product creation. And then once the product is created, I kind of pick it up from there and get it to the end consumer and doing like marketing cons, talking to the consumer. I even used to do customer service myself. So just like from end to end, we have the full chain. But when it's like big moments, like marketing or messaging obviously is the two of us together and that's what we've realized like as a team as a company but also even in our marketing that when it's the two of us it's it always performs better when it's both of us I love that and the brand itself is absolutely stunning it's it's very very gorgeous obviously marketing is your forte so what have been some of the most effective marketing and branding strategies that you've tried especially being you know self-funded and you know where have you seen the most success in terms of marketing I think what's been working for us is that we come from brand and that we know that brand is very important. Uh, For us, the definition of a brand is what you have to talk about once you remove the products. 
what's that thing that you're going to tell that's always going to be true, that people will um, respond well with, that they will identify with. And that's something we spent a lot of time honing on in the first couple of <laughs> months, if not years. And so really, really strong brand is, I think, what made our success, uh, being able to tell these stories, being able to really talk to people and tell them stories that they can identify with, even though they're not from the cultures, our cultures or, or different cultures, and then layering below that the product. Once you win people's hearts, then you, know, you can convince them to also try your cream or our product. And that's what we do and how we do it with everything. We didn't even invest in marketing until... Ooh, 18 months in, like no ads or things like that. It was just creating the right story and telling the right story. And, and we are these people. So I felt like it was almost obvious when we were doing that. Yeah, I love that because I think oftentimes people put marketing before brand because it's easy to throw money at something and acquire users and have customer acquisition costs and all these different things. But the brands that last longer term and the brands that have customers that stick around are the ones that have that storytelling component. And so you guys have done such a beautiful job at that. So obviously going into the beauty industry, crowded space, you specifically obviously are women of color founders. What has been your experience and and where do you see the industry evolving in terms of diversity and inclusivity? Obviously there's been big strides I feel like made in the last couple of years, but like where do we actually sit today and where do you see opportunity? I feel like this is an interesting question because we get asked this a lot. We get asked to speak on panels and podcasts. And I feel like the number one thing is like, I feel like this is a question everyone should be asking themselves and everyone they interview, not just people who are diverse founders, because that's really where the change would begin. But I feel like it starts with, you know, having a seat at the table from the very beginning. Like we said, like clinical testing, product formulation, not, not having people that look like us in mind it starts at the beginning and like we've already made huge strides, right? Compared to like when I was growing up in upstate New York, I was the only Asian kid in my entire school. I didn't see people that looked like me. And so you're starting to see it more now in marketing and in magazines, which is amazing. But I think we have to kind of level it up even further. And I think there's also a huge education component because like you mentioned, like we center skin of color. And what that means for us is that, you know, we have melanin rich skin in mind, but a lot of people still don't know what that means. So I kind of almost want to step back and explain that is that when you have more melanin in your skin, your skin is more sensitive to inflammation, active irritation, the environment, and even the sun. And that's why we have more specific needs like hyperpigmentation or eczema is really common for us. Just more conditions are more common. And so that's also the thing like why the brand has worked where it's not really about targeting a specific race just because Marie is black doesn't mean only black women can use our products. It's really about how your skin behaves biologically. And for us, I feel like that's really a big differentiation was like as diverse founders, I don't wake up thinking like, how can we have a more diverse brand? Like we just are our true authentic selves every single day. And I feel like that's, that's been really important. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of the industry, and, you know, breaking in, you know, to this category and obviously your approach, like how have you found that? Have you had a lot of support? Has it been, you know, challenging? Like, what would you say? I would say that the most support is coming from other founders. I didn't have this idea of beauty even five years ago. I would imagine it as like a bunch of girl bosses doing all these amazing things and like, them being strong by themselves and kind of competing with each other. But we found community within the beauty industry, be it 
people that host, host podcasts or other founders and, and people from Sephora or the accelerators that we've done. And they've been wonderful. Like till this day, there are people that we text daily and, and we feel very, very supported in that sense. So it's been great. And then, of course, customers. Uh, it's always very rewarding when you get a 57-year-old woman that tells you, oh, my God, all my life. I've been waiting for products like that. I'm so glad I found you and it works super well. And that makes you want to wake up the next morning. So it's been quite fulfilling. I love that. Yeah. And I love that the founders are coming together because I do think, I mean, obviously beauty in general is female-centric business. There's a lot of female founders that are breaking into it. So I think it's nice to hear that there's a lot of support there because obviously it's a billion, billion, billion dollar business. So there's a lot of room for everyone and there's room for differentiation there. So I love that. So you guys went from tech, big corporate to founders, entrepreneurs. What advice would you give to someone who's like sitting at Google right now is like, I want to go start my own thing. What would be your piece of advice for them? I think you have to just start. I mean, it's like, you don't need to know everything. You don't need to have millions. And I think that that actually is what our Google experience taught us though, is that yes, it was a large corporate environment, but it was very much like, okay, you're straight out of school, go like work on this billion dollar business you know nothing about and just just figure it out. And that's that's the bet is like, okay, you're smart enough to be here. You are smart enough to figure this out. And I feel like having that same mentality, no matter what, has been really helpful because every day it's just like, okay, how do we ship things from China and Italy and get it here as fast as possible? <laughs> like we've had to get on the call with people internationally and do that. So I think just having that hunger and like no ego of like, I'll learn and I'll figure it out has been the hugest thing. Like you don't need millions of dollars. I know like VC funding is so sexy. Everyone like wants that headline and is so important to them, but it's like how much of your company or of yourself are you selling off in exchange for that? Like, mm. And I, I want to double down on the, the fact that, yes, you can come from big core, but you can you, you have knowledge and you have learned ways of solving problems. And I remember when I was at Google, they would be like, OK, we're launching this new product in France. Like, go figure out a go-to-market strategy and you figure it out. And I feel like every day startup life is the same. It's like figuring out things, putting a strategy together, putting an execution plan together, launching, pivoting fast if you fail and and things like that. So to me, it's not so different, actually. It's same, but different in some ways. There's less risk, I guess, when you're doing it for someone else. But 99% of the job is doing the job. So I think that's that's actually a a big part of it as well. So now that you guys are, you know, almost five years in, maybe a little longer. Not even two, actually. Oh, really? Second year birthday. Yes. Since since you launched, but you've been working on it since 2018. You were ah, saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay, okay. So so but 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 two years in market. So that, I mean, that's a good amount of time. What have been some of your biggest accomplishments? Like, what are you really proud of? Hmm. Well, I'd say like the the LinkedIn headlines would be you know we launched May 2021, launched on Sephora.com September 2021, and then we just launched brick and mortar in store Sephora this past month in March of 2023. And along that way, have won all these awards. We were a Glossier grant. We're in Sephora Accelerate. We won a Johnson & Johnson grant for innovation. And my favorite award is that we were um, the most innovative beauty brand, according to Fast Company, in 2022. But I feel like my big pinch me moment was we finally had like a dinner where we brought beauty editors and our community members, like actual customers together. It was only like a dinner of 20 people where we celebrated our in-store launch. And Aww. like Marie and I were both crying. It was like a full circle moment. We flew in two of our customers. 
who had like wrote in passionate like stories about how we had changed their lives and their skin. And it's just like so crazy to see that face to face. And to me, that was like such a huge full circle moment. Our Sephora merchant was there and it was like, you know, I don't know if I can say this on the podcast, but it was like, she was like, you're doing, you're doing so well. You just launched this month that we're going to like launch you in all doors and you should be so proud. And it was just like, I don't know. It was like, Oh my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> like, like after two, three years being alone, being a mom, like post postpartum and like being alone in your sweatpants, you're just like, Oh, this thing I built is like real and in the real world. Yeah. It's just like, it was, I was overwhelmed. It was too much, but in a good way, but. No, that validation is so real, you know, not only from like retail partners like Sephora, but customers like that. Like what a special moment. I really love that. Oh, that makes me so happy. So what is next for you guys? Not like you haven't been busy, but (laughs) what what are you guys excited about? What's in the future? Super excited. Uh, As Alice said, we're launching in all doors later in the fall, which is a huge thing. And and yeah, after not even two years, this is crazy. Not being funded, not even two years. Being the two solo employees uh, up until September of last year, so completely crazy. And then personally, I'm very excited to bring new products to launch and some are very, very exciting and I cannot wait for people to get their hands on them. So yeah, those are top of mind for me. Amazing. Well, let's wrap with some quick sentence finishers. Speaking of, what are your current favorite Eden products? Uh, My favorite Eden product is Milk Marble. And mine is Cloud Cushion. I love the names. They're so cute. Every entrepreneur needs to know Alice. To have their side blinders on. Mm, That's a good one. Marie? To have a hype man. Yes. Yes. Or second husband. This year, (laughs) I hope to accomplish Alice. I want to make my own herb garden and focus more on my personal life. Do you live in New York or where do you live? I live in California, but it's been on my to-do list for years. So, Oh, girl, you can get an herb garden. I know. That's (laughs) why. I got to get it done. Marie, what about you? What do you hope to accomplish this year? Uh, I hope to take more time off, actually. You guys deserve a vacation more than anyone after this podcast, hearing what you guys have been through. (laughs) But congratulations on all your success. Sephora All Doors is absolutely incredible after two years. Self-funded, absolutely crushing it. Thank you, Marie and Alice, for being on the show. Can you tell everyone where they can learn more about you guys and where they can shop Edom? You can shop Edom on our website at www.edom.co and at all Sephora stores and Sephora online and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at edom.co. Amazing. Thanks, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you. For more inspiring conversations like this one, follow the Work Party Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party. Work Party.